It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, with you as always, talking all things Carolina Panthers, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can check out all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, where I ask you to rate, review, subscribe. You can also find us on Spotify, on Odyssey, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation right now as you're listening to this. I'm going to need you to follow me first, then second, either at me, which is the only time I ever asked you to at me, or DM me, which is also the only other time I ever asked you to DM me, with one of your questions, or if you have multiple, for the weekly Friday mailbag that we're doing throughout the offseason, where you can ask me whatever you want, ask me about the Carolina Panthers, about life i mean memorial day is coming up if you got any questions on i don't know that like best food to eat during memorial day or some something like that i don't know got any questions just ask them please do so at julian council there on twitter on today's show the panthers i think are going to be improved but a lot of places out there peter king espn bleacher report they're not really buying into the carolina panthers being a team that could be on the cusp of the wild card this upcoming season. So we'll get into that. Are the Panthers being underrated? Also, you've heard the news about Greg Olson's son, TJ. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a really nice thing to say about that. I kind of want to talk about that as that's something I really haven't talked about this week. It's always really hard to talk about those situations, especially when it comes to children. So I just kind of want to touch on that before I get out of here on today's show. But let's start off with some interesting news I saw on Wednesday afternoon about the Carolina Panthers and then potentially shopping wide receiver Robbie Anderson during draft season. According to Walter Football, that's where I'm getting this from. Walter Football, uh, I'm not necessarily um, really into reading a lot of their stuff, but I saw there apparently there's rumors that the Panthers were shopping Robbie Anderson. Charlie Campbell works for Walter Football. According to his sources out there, whatever sources he has, Publicly, the Carolina Panthers talked about being excited to reunite Anderson with quarterback Sam Darnold, who, of course, they had a relationship back in New York with the Jets, and Anderson had a pretty good year there before coming over here to Carolina when the Jets decided not to give him a contract for whatever reason. The duo played together with the Jets in 2018 and 2019 before Anderson signed with the Panthers in free agency last year. With Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, Anderson caught 95 passes for 1,096 yards and three touchdowns in his debut season with Carolina. Anderson has one year left on his contract at $8 million, and sources say the Panthers were hoping to unload him but could not find any takers who made an offer they liked. The article also mentions that the Panthers could try to move Anderson in the months to come. That is 
interesting to me if true. Now, it's just a rumor. It doesn't mean there's any factual evidence to this, but it's a rumor. And Walter Football does, uh, they have verification on Twitter, and they got a decent amount of following. So I will sit here and at least entertain it as being a possibility that Robbie Anderson was being shot by the Carolina Panthers. And in a way, it could make sense. I've brought up the fact that they traded back in the second round. They were able to get Terrace Marshall out of LSU, who played for Joe Brady, the Panthers' offense coordinator, back at LSU during that national championship season of 2019. He was phenomenal. He has great size at 6'4". He has great speed. He is the combination of the Carolina Panthers absolutely would love to have next to DJ Moore for the foreseeable future. DJ Moore is going to be wide receiver one here in Carolina, not just this year, and next year, where he's going to have his fifth-year option, where he's going to make $11.1 million. But the years to come, he will be extended probably next offseason. DJ Moore absolutely is going to be wide receiver one here in Carolina. Steve Smith said it when they drafted him that they had not replaced him until that moment in time. Now, DJ and Steve have certainly butted heads based off of things 89's had to say. A lot of them have been, you know, valid criticisms. But nowadays, a lot of people don't want to hear that kind of stuff, especially when they feel like they're playing well. And DJ Moore, the last two seasons, has played really well. 1,000 yards receiving back-to-back years with Teddy Bridgewater, a broken Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, um, Will Greer, P.J. Walker, all being quarterbacks when he's been out there. Anything even Tommy Stevens got snaps. I don't know if he attempted a pass in that Week 17 game, but still, he was getting snaps. So DJ Moore's been fantastic. But wide receiver two is more of a question mark. Robbie Anderson came in and he had a career year last year. Like he said, 95 receptions, just short of 1,100 yards receiving, and three touchdowns, which could have been more, but Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, which led to less touchdown receptions than you would have expected. Anderson also did kind of taper off towards the end of the season, while Teddy Bridgewater also struggled in the final couple weeks of the season. And you could see the direct correlation between wide receiver struggles and quarterback struggles in those final seven weeks. Especially, well, you can also add in Curtis Samuel really became a focal point of the offense and emerged, which led to him getting that three-year deal in Washington to reunite with Ron Rivera in that offense. Anderson had career highs in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. But the plan, I believe, moving forward for the Carolina Panthers is for Terrace Marshall to be wide receiver too. That's why I've continuously said to y'all that I think the expectation and the hope for the Carolina Panthers is for Terrace Marshall to beat out David Moore, who they're not paying a lot of money to, who comes over from Seattle where he had a fantastic season last year with Russell Wilson up there with the Seahawks. He knows Scott Fitterer, which is why he's here. I think he has a role to play, but not as wide receiver three. Maybe as wide receiver four. Or maybe next season in 2022 as wide receiver three next to DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall, and of course, Chris McCaffrey, you can also line up wide and be a fantastic wide receiver. That was his full-time job. He might even be the best one at it on the Panthers roster. So it's not really that surprising. And I've said that I don't believe Robbie Anderson is going to be a priority for the Carolina Panthers. When I had talked about, would it be Dante Jackson or Robbie Anderson, if they're both going into contract years, which player do you think the Carolina Panthers would probably prioritize? And I thought it'd be Dante Jackson, especially if he proved that he could be, um, whether it be cornerback one or QB or cornerback two. I mean, either way, he's going to be playing opposite J.C. Horn. And the expectation when they drafted J.C. Horn was to have the guy starting opposite of Dante, which led me to believe that Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer, and his coaching staff and organization, they want to have Dante Jackson here past this season. Whatever it's going to be, I don't know how much money it's going to take, but they want him to be here in Carolina. So I thought when you're looking at the two, especially as a younger player, 
that they would likely want to keep him around. I do understand that Robbie Anderson played at Temple for Matt Rule. He had a fantastic season. But Robbie Anderson's 28. Just turned 28 earlier this month in May. And going to next offseason, of course, he'll be turning 29 around this time again next year. So 29 in 2022. That's an aging player on the youngest roster in the NFL. I thought he was fantastic for the team last year. But I do not see him as being a long-term option for the Carolina Panthers based off of the age. He's only earned $17 million so far in his career. And I only say only because, I mean, that's not a ton of money considering what he probably will be getting next season. He gets $8 million this year. From my understanding, it's fully guaranteed once the season starts. He had a two-year, $20 million deal where $12 million of it was guaranteed at signing. And that was last season's salary. This year, the Panthers could have cut him. They could still cut him. $8 million that they'd save. And it'd be $4 million of dead cap. And if they trade him, basically the same deal. So I don't see them trying to trade him, but they could possibly if there's a way where the Panthers are struggling in the middle of the season and Terrace Marshall's emerged and there's a team out there that's desperate to find some sort of wide receiver next to them that can help them make a playoff push and Robbie Anderson could be that guy. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. And I don't know if in the benefit of the Carolina Panthers in 2021, that's something that they should do. You'll never like to see guys leaving for agency, but with the works in the NFL, you know, you get the comp picks. And Rob Anderson will be a comp pick at some point in time if he does leave him for agency, especially if he has the kind of year that we saw this past season. And I think he has a great chance to do so in this Joe Brady offense with Sam Darnold, who he already has a good rapport with, as his quarterback. I would have felt the same way had Teddy Bridgewater been back again. Because you just saw he almost he almost had 1,100 yards last season and 95 receptions with Bridgewater. He's a good player. And I would love for him to be here in Carolina long term. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for a coaching staff that wants to get younger and just drafted not one wide receiver, but a second one in Shai Smith, who could potentially project out to be wide receiver three down the road next to DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall. So it was a little bit surprising to read this today, but if you look at how things have gone down with the Carolina Panthers and how they've really done players in the past and just the draft picks that they made, especially that second round pick of Terrace Marshall, he really shouldn't be all that surprising that maybe they were shopping Robbie Anderson around the draft. So the Panthers are continuing OTA right now, or OTAs, however you want to look at it. And there's also all these power rankings coming out right now. Peter King did his on Monday. ESPN came with a power ranking post-draft. I've talked about Bleacher Reports. And none of these power rankings are really liking the Carolina Panthers heading into 2021. Now, it's just a power ranking. It doesn't really mean anything. But I'm just kind of wondering, like, is the entire NFL and the media underrating what the Carolina Panthers could be in 2021? I think they might be. We'll get to that in just a moment. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks directly delivered to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm not saying people are hating on the Panthers, but like they're not really believing in Matt Rule in year two and Joe Brady and Phil Snow and Hassan Reddick signing on with the Panthers and Daquan Jones, which I think is a really underrated signing. They're not feeling Christian McCaffrey coming back healthy. They're not feeling Brian Burns coming out the edge. They're not feeling Sam Donald necessarily. I'm not feeling them too. J.C. Horn, D.J. Moore, Terrace Marshall. Folks ain't feeling the Carolina Panthers when it comes to these power rankings in late May, post-draft. So what do they really mean? Nothing at all. It's just opinions. But we are here in the content business in the opinion game. That's what I'm doing here on the Lockdown Panthers podcast. So when I see someone give their opinion on the Carolina Panthers, and I'm not necessarily in tune with it, I figure I might as well go ahead and give my opinion too. That's why y'all tune in. Peter King, who I bring up a lot. I really like Peter King. Football Morning in America on NBCSports.com every Monday throughout the year. He does take a little bit of sabbatical throughout the summer having guest uh, columnists, but he, he he's fantastic. Been a long-time NFL scribe. I like Peter King. And I think he actually kind of likes what they have going on here in Carolina. All those power rankings don't suggest it. As we know, there's 32 teams in the National Football League, also known as the NFL. He has the Carolina Panthers 26th in his power rankings at this point in time. Now, of course, things could change. And last year, he's pretty dead on. He had the Chiefs number one, which I'm sure a lot of people did. They, of course, finished number two. He had Tampa Bay at five. And the Bucks ended up, of course, winning the Super Bowl, unfortunately. But he's kind of he's kind of nails when it comes to these things. This is why he has Panthers 26. He says, everything was a honeymoon for Matt Rule and offensive coordinator Joe Brady as the Panthers got off to a 3-2 start, even after losing Christian McCaffrey after two weeks to injury. He returned for one game before shutting it down, but Carolina stumbled to a 2-9 finish. Teddy Bridgewater was jettisoned at a major cap cost and sideswiped Brady's coaching after leaving. Although, as I'll interject here, Teddy Bridgewater did say earlier this week that he was taken out of context. Joe's this guy, South Florida dude. He's always going to be rooting for him. Yada, yada, yada. Just keep it moving, Teddy. Uh, Peter King also goes on to say, and the Panthers failed to acquire a major quarterback upgrade. They could not get Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson after the season. So they settled, <laughs> key word, y'all, seriously, settled for Sam Darnold and hope he can be the same Darnold scouts loved in the 2018 draft before he went to the land of misfit toys, the Jets. Carolina should have a better pass rush and a bookend duo of Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick if Reddick's impressive 2020 season in Arizona wasn't an outlier. And cornerback J.C. Horn was a bold move with the eighth pick in the draft. The Panthers would be better if Darnold could throw deep efficiently to D.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson, and rookie Terrace Marshall. 
But they're down in this bottom quartile teens because though there is hope for Darnold, there is also mystery. Bill Parcells is the coach Rule looks up to more than any other. When Parcells would get asked about things like whether some prospects could really play, he'd say they don't sell insurance for that kind of stuff. No, they don't. So Peter King, not necessarily on board. And I think those are valid reasons. The Sam Darnold's the whole deal. I've already, I talked about it on Monday. Does the Carolina Panthers' success hinge all on Sam Darnold? Matt Rule has said that this season, not every game, and pretty much saying every game, I know he already knows how Twitter's going to be. He already knows how folks like me, the whole media is going to be after every game. Not every game has to be a referendum on Sam Darnold. But the entire season will be, absolutely. Especially after you got rid of Teddy Bridgewater, who statistically, throughout his entire career, and even last season, has been a far better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And when you look at Sam Darnold, he was among the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Now, you bring up the land of misfit toys, that's what Peter King says, in the New York Jets, and that's absolutely valid. The weapons around Darnold are way better than what he had in New York, absolutely. But yes, the season, in a way, does hinge upon whether he improves. I think the defense will be a lot better. It is a key question with Hassan Reddick. Was 2020 real, or was it just a bold-faced lie? Because the first three years, he wasn't good in Arizona, and he decided, we don't want to keep this guy around any longer. He played well in a contract year, and as we've seen before, in the NFL, contract years are undefeated. Guys playing well after them, typically doesn't always happen to be the way that they played that year that they continue to have that upward trajectory. And Hassan Reddick, we'll find out whether it was true or not. Having Brian Burns on the other side absolutely helps. I mean, he did have what Chandler Jones there in Arizona, who's fantastic. So it's not like he didn't already have someone on the other side who could take attention away. And he had a fantastic year last year. Most of those sacks came against the New York Giants. So it's a major question. There were plenty of question marks on this roster. I just look at how competitive that they were last year with Bridgewater and a really bad defense, and really a young defense, I think is a, probably the fairest way to say what they were last season. That gotten better and improved in a kicking game that is spotty. Right now, Joey Sly. And I mean, we're not really concerning ourselves about the return game, but still, I think the offensive line obviously has a lot of question marks outside of Taylor Moten at right tackle. There's plenty of questions with the Carolina Panthers, which is a reason why they should be not in the top 10 or top 15 in the NFL. Like, the early 20s, maybe? Like, if they were 20th, 21st, 22nd? I would be totally fine with that. It's just sitting there at 26. I just don't know if I can buy into that. And then looking at the teams that Peter King has ahead of them, like, directly ahead of them, the New York Giants. Are we really buying into the New York Giants? With Daniel Jones at quarterback, now they, have, they added Kyle Rudolph, they went out there and they drafted Kadarius Tony. James Bradley was fantastic. They brought in Kenny Galladay, of course. Dave Gettleman, he's desperate to keep his job this year. And I don't think he's going to keep his job because I don't think the Giants are really going to be a factor. The Dallas Cowboys, okay, I'll buy into Dallas only because Dak Prescott. And there's no concerns about what he can do. But the defense isn't very good. And Dallas is going to have to score 45 points a game pretty much if the defense doesn't improve under Dan Quinn this season. Atlanta at 22 ahead of Carolina. The Falcons team that hasn't been able to finish off a game since Super Bowl 51 when they blew a 28-3 lead. Never forget against the New England Patriots. They're 22nd? Julio Jones got cold cold, allegedly. I think he actually might have been setting it up. Even though Fox seems to be in a world of trouble with the Falcons and the NFL as a whole, and then maybe legally for Shannon Sharp, you know, Julio would be the one who had to press charges, which that's his uncle. He probably ain't going to do that. 
when Atlanta hasn't finished a game all for years and Julio wants out. I love Calvin Ridley. I love Kyle Pitts. I think Russell Gage is pretty good too. So they have plenty of weapons. Matt Ryan, I've never thought Matt Ryan was a bad quarterback. He's been MVP before. He's a good player. I don't know how much good years he has left in him. I didn't really think it was Atlanta had had a priority to get another quarterback. I figured Matt Ryan is probably good enough for a couple seasons, especially with the new head coach and Arthur Smith. And I think it's easier to try and move Matt Ryan now than to develop one of these college quarterbacks. Like, go with what you know than what you don't know. But still, come on. Atlanta's defense is a complete disaster. You're, and they are in cap hell. If there was a worse way to describe it, I would. Their cap situation is complete garbage. And they're in a better position than the Carolina Panthers? Come on. Vegas, sure, Vegas was 8-8 eight and eight last year. They were right there in the thick of things, but they jettisoned pretty much their entire offensive line. John Gruden's not going anywhere anytime soon. If anyone's going to get scapegoated, it's Mike Mayock, who can't evaluate anyone in the draft. Cleveland Furl out of Clemson hasn't worked. Trayvon Mullen hasn't worked. Also out of Clemson. Damon Arnett out of the Ohio State didn't work. Jonathan Abram hasn't been great. The, come on, the Vegas. Minnesota, 24, okay, coin toss there the Panthers should have won that game last season and indirectly ahead of Carolina the Denver Broncos Denver defensively in that secondary is going to be good with Kyle Fuller you bring in Patrick Sertan of course Justin Simmons at safety who just got paid and let's not forget Bradley Chubb Von Miller who wrecked our afternoon there back in Super Bowl 50 in Santa Clara thanks to Mike Rimmers in the blind side who was playing blind that day it seemed like Denver's going to be able to play defense at quarterback. Uh, Bridgewater or Drew Locke? I I obviously think Teddy Bridgewater is way better than Drew Locke, but come on. like Locke, The Panthers made Locke look like he was a future Hall of Famer last year when he came to Charlotte and torched him in the only good game he's really played in his career. I'm just not really buying that the Denver Broncos are a better team than the Carolina Panthers. They have probably more names when it comes to on defense, offensively. The line is a problem with Juwan James. He's now gone. Like, Garrett Bowles, we really buying in that guy. I just, I would put them above Atlanta for sure. And, I mean, New York, I just don't, I do not get the Giants at 20. I really do not. I do not understand that at all. So, yeah, maybe 26 is kind of fair. But, like, I could see, like, if they were 23 or 22, I would feel a lot better about that. And I would feel less disrespected. But right now, it's not just Peter King. ESPN has him ranked 25th, which is, I guess, a little bit more respectable by, by a point. Uh, Bleacher Report ranks him 28th. So currently, Peter King, ESPN, and Bleacher Report see the Panthers drafting between 5 and 7. And if that happens, it could be great for the Carolina Panthers in terms of they get another high-quality player. They just got J.C. Horn at 8. Last year, they got Derek Brown at 7. And I know a lot of Panther fans wish that they would have lost the football game against the Washington football team and Ron Rivera, and that could have got them into the top five, would have actually, and then they could have got a quarterback, even though the Carolina Panthers apparently weren't in love with any of those quarterbacks, which is why they bypassed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones at eight, and they traded weeks prior to get Sam Darnold to hopefully be their quarterback of the future if all goes well with that. So yeah, it could actually make a lot, of, it could work out for the Carolina Panthers that if they do end up being at the bottom of the NFL like a lot of these pundits believe right now in terms of their power rankings in late May heading into Memorial Day weekend draft position is great and if there's a quarterback out there if it's Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma if it's Sam Howell local kid out of University of North Carolina or if it's Keaton Slovis out of out of USC he's from Arizona but out of USC 
or whoever emerges, that next Zach Wilson, who people say, you have to have him. We would have never said this last year, but look how good he looked against all these freaking JV football teams he played last year because BYU couldn't play their normal schedule. He looked so great, even though he got outdueled by Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Got to draft that guy number two overall. There's going to be another Zach Wilson next season. It always happens. Trubisky had a great year in North Carolina. Goes second overall. <laughs> He's no longer in Chicago. It seems every time you have these guys who just pop out of nowhere, they end up always being bums. So good luck with that, Jets. See you week one. Well, that's really not the point. I keep getting off on that tangent. It's the youngest roster in the NFL, so it makes sense why teams or why, I guess, media folks out there nationally aren't necessarily ready to buy into the Carolina Panthers. Me hosting this podcast, having followed this team pretty much my entire life, I just see a lot more out of them considering 5-11 and last year, competitive in all those games, and you just get lucky in certain situations, and you can win eight games. You can win nine games. It just kind of goes like that year to year where – Every week, it's a, it's a new week. It's a week-to-week league for a reason. And all these games are played by one score. So you get the turnover there. You catch this interception there. You, you catch a break on what should have been a hold call, but they don't call it. And you score on that play. Things can break your way. Last year with the Carolina Panthers, nothing broke their way. 0 for 8. It's not all Bridgewater. It's not all Joe Brady. It's not all off the offensive line. But it's, it's a failure overall. They do better in that category. They do a lot better in the red zone where they're 28th in the league. They're not going to be finishing amongst the 26th, 25th, or 28th best teams, if you really want to call it best teams in the NFL. They're going to be right there in the late teens, where I think they probably should be as they're competing in the wild card, hopefully, come December and January of this year. So that's how the Carolina Panthers are viewed nationally right now. And let's kind of step away from that for a little bit. And I don't really, God, it's hard to talk about these kind of things. Greg Olson, all-time great Carolina Panther, put out some family stuff this past week. I'm sure you've seen it. I thought Chris McCaffrey had some really great words. Wanted the end of the show, kind of talking about that in just a moment. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greg Olson is one of my all-time favorite Carolina fans. Always loved the guy. Thought he was just an absolute warrior, a hell of a football player, and seemingly seems like a really good guy off the field. I don't know Greg Olson personally, of course, and I'm always going to say this caveat. I don't know these guys personally, but 
from what everything we've seen, he seems to be a really good guy. It's been a really tough uh, couple weeks for him and his family, as apparently his son, TJ, as he tweeted this out the other day, saying, This past week has been exceptionally challenging for our family. As many of you know, our son TJ has faced serious heart issues since birth. TJ has undergone, has already undergone, excuse me, three open heart surgeries and has survived with a modified heart for his first eight years of life. Unfortunately, it seems his heart is reaching its end. We are currently working through the process to determine our next steps, which ultimately could lead to a heart transplant. Which obviously is just like, it's heartbreaking to hear about that. And I mean, that's obviously not a pun intended, no joke there. But like, seriously, it's just, it, it really grabs at you when you hear about any kid, an eight-year-old especially, but just any kid, doesn't matter whose kid it is, having to go through those kind of things, especially when he's already dealt with this through the first eight years of his life. And you're hoping that maybe he's out of the woods, but unfortunately, it's not seem to be the case. And Greg Olson and his wife, Kara, have done awesome work here in Charlotte with the Levine Children's Hospital um, with their uh, Hardest Yard Congenital Heart Center, um, which is where TJ has been at throughout his entire life and has been able to help a lot of kids here in the Charlotte area and throughout the Carolinas. And I thank them for doing that. And I, and I love when guys stay here in Charlotte. It's a thing, like, you can come to the NFL, you can play in the city, but you don't necessarily have to invest your heart and soul and your mind to the city, which is why I've always respected Steve Smith for whatever flaws you believe he has. And we certainly know some of them, but whatever flaws you think he has, he seems to have always been a guy who cares about the city. The Steve Smith Foundation, who helps to fight domestic violence and being here in Charlotte. Musa Muhammad's a guy who stayed here in Charlotte. Um, We're seeing guys with Roman Harper still live here, and he didn't even play here very long. Jonathan Stewart, of course, he's here in Charlotte. Kirk Coleman stayed around. It's a great place to live, and a lot of these guys have invested in the city. So we all, in turn, are invested in them and their families and hoping that when they do leave us in terms of on the football field, that they go on to live happy, safe lives. And unfortunately for Greg and his wife and her children right now, especially her child TJ, things haven't been great the last couple of weeks. I thought Chris McCaffrey really had a great thing to say um, on Tuesday afternoon when he spoke to the media after OTA. This is, uh, uh, you know, one of those times that that's not really explainable. And, and I've talked to Greg a little bit just through texts. Um, but what a brutal situation. Um, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, TJ is one of the best little kids in the world. You know, at eight years old to uh, to go through what he's gone through in his life and then add this on top of it um, is just sad. Um, but, but I know they have such an amazing support system around and we are all here, you know, for the Olsen family. And, and I know the entire North Carolina, South Carolina community is as well. You know, everybody's here for the Olsons and he's somebody that, um, just exemplifies what it means to be a great player and an even better person off the field. And, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with TJ and, and their whole entire family. So, yeah. So like Christian said, um, you know, our, our hearts are with them, our thoughts and prayers are with them, and hopefully things will work out. I just felt like I should say something just compelling to talk in Panthers every day. When we talk about, you know, who's going to make the roster, who's not going to make the roster, whether Darnold's any good or not, I think we should also kind of try and talk about the human side of things as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers. And Greg Olson, who earlier this year signed a one-day contract to retire Carolina Panther, he's invested in the Charlotte community, and we're invested in him. And I certainly hope everything works out for his son and his family during this difficult time. So hard to kind of wrap up the show like that, but um, I appreciate you guys again for listening to Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by me, Julian Council. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'm going to watch your participation starting right now for our weekly Friday mailbag, where I will answer all your questions pertaining to the Carolina Panthers. 
Also, going to have something really great for you guys coming to next week early on. Probably not going to have a podcast on Monday because it is Memorial Day. Going to try and take a few days away. But I will have a show for you on Tuesday. I think you guys are really going to like someone who knows a lot about the Carolina Panthers. I think they really break things down. I think it's going to be a fantastic show. and something I'm really trying to do moving forward throughout the rest of the offseason. And even when the season comes around, to have some more guests to give a different perspective than mine on the Carolina Panthers. Again, I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for your support. I will talk to you tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.